It's not what it's supposed to be. And you know, maybe I messed it up in the past and didn't do it the way we were supposed to do it. I'm reading in the Amplified Version. But in what I instruct you, next, I do not commend you, because when you met together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. The Bible says that the scriptures are the inspired word of God. The scriptures are God's breath. The scriptures are the breath of God's life on us. So the scriptures were inspired by God, written by man. The Bible says for teaching or doctrine and also for rebuke, correction, and instruction in righteousness. So when we read about communion, this is the inspired word of God. And so Paul starts out rebuking the church. Now, I'm not going to do that to you because the Lord already rebuked me. He got me straight, so I'm going to just help you get it right so you don't mess up things like I may have messed up things. For in the first place, when you assemble as a congregation, this is the wrong translation. Could you give me the New King James translation? That's what's up there? Ah! Can I start over? Now, in giving these instructions, Paul says, I don't praise you. What a way to start out a service. Since you come together, since you come together, since you come together, since you come together, the whole point of communion is to come together. Since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For the first of all, when you come together. As a church, this is plural. This is a plug for the church, glory to God. I'm going to do it all by myself. Well, don't work right here. When you assemble yourselves together, when you gather together, as a church, we're the called out ones, but we come together that we can commune together. I hear that there are divisions. Everybody say divisions. Isn't that a terrible sounding word in the midst of the unity of Christ? Among you, can you run that back? That there are divisions. Y'all see that word? That means division. That's like a two-headed, three-headed person. It's a monster. It doesn't work. Division. Next verse. Among you. And listen to this. This is so profound. This is a revelation. And in part, I believe it. Paul is saying, I know there's division. I feel it. I sense it. I see it. Now listen to this. For there must also be fractions or divisions among you. There must be fractions, factions, fractions, fragmented things going on amongst you. There must be 
some separation. There must be some disagreement. That don't even sound like church words right there. Factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. I've been preaching this for months that if something's going to go wrong, let it go wrong in church. Not out there, not on the job. You know, if something goes on wrong in your house, I mean in your life, you need to fix it in your house. Don't bring it to, you know, the neighborhood. Fix it in your house. And so if something needs to be corrected in the church or in the lives of Christians, let's just fix it in the house. It, we're family. Let's get it straight here. For there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. And so when things start getting hard in church, when iron starts hitting iron and the sparks start to fly, God gets to see who's got it. When everything starts to go the wrong direction amongst us, in our fellowship or with our attitudes or outlooks at each other, things are revealed that everybody can see who's mature, who's grown up, who's going to take the high road, who's going to do the Jesus thing. And so, man, I know this. That's what kind of keeps me holy in an area when people cause me to flare up. I got to do the right thing. I'm a pastor. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the pastor's supposed to be mature. And so I have to be approved by God when things are unveiled in the church. I have to do things right. Do you have the same attitude amongst your brothers and sisters? You have to do the right thing. You have to take the high road. In other words, when you're offended, there's a, a path that we take. The Bible says if your brother offended you, go to him. And so the first step is if he offended you. He may not have. You get your heart right before you go see him. That if says you look at your heart. You examine yourself before you go to that brother that you know, maybe offended you. Where's your heart in this? And the Bible says if you go to, y'all talk it out, you win your brother. And if that doesn't work, you take a couple of cohorts that would be mediators, but they wouldn't lean to one party. They would be open-minded to hear both sides of the story. And if you go and you can talk it out, then you win your brother. If that doesn't work, you like bring it to the leadership of the church and let the pastors handle it. But you see how far we go to get it right? It, it's, it costs you. It takes time. It's not easy. And then the Bible says if that doesn't work, you just turn them over to Satan. That's what it says. It doesn't say call, cast the devil out of them. It says turn them over to Satan. And let, let the devil deal with them and destroy their flesh that their spirit would be saved. Come on, somebody. But you know what we want to do? We want to go straight and throw them to the devil. 
<laughs> we don't want to take the time, the consideration, you know, to actually try to win our brothers or sisters uh, love back and be affectionate again and work it out. Anybody ever work it out with somebody? And so Susan and I are constantly, you know, uh, put in uh, situations to help relationships, and we love it, but we need to take the right course. Check your heart first. You know, people want to come to us and talk about, talk about people, and we're like, you know, pray and fast three days, seek the Lord, check your own heart, and then we'll get together. Well, you never see them. <laughs> and one of two reasons, because they don't want to do that because it's just too much work, and they'd rather just stick with their opinion in their mind and keep hitting that person because the flesh just glories in that for some reason rather than take the time and try to work it out. Are y'all all here? Got off course a little bit. But it's talking about division and factions in the church and it's okay. It's okay not to have it all right. And, you know, you may have something wrong in one other area, and I may have something wrong in the other area. But you know what? We're family. And God's growing us all up. We're in different stages and phases of maturity. So it doesn't matter where you are. Really, it doesn't matter how you start. It's how you end up. But don't quit. You know, don't get discouraged about somebody's shortcomings. Don't be discouraged about your own shortcomings. You know what grieves me is when the devil just gets a hold of somebody's mind and they end up leaving the church and they really want to come back, but the devil's playing with their mind. It's like they have to crawl or do penance or come give some explanation why they left. No, that's not it. Don't put anything on anybody. There's no prerequisites to walk through that door. None at all. You can walk through that door with a cigarette and a beer in your can in your hand. A couple of people might ask you not to do that in here, but you understand. <laughs> We've had ladies walk in this church, and I'm not kidding, their dress was up to here, and it's just like, you know what? Give them a break. People are into things in the world. They don't know church. They don't know us. They don't know our culture. Sometimes our culture stinks a little bit because we're so judgmental. Just let people come as they are. Just let them come as they are. But you know what? We need to accept everybody where they are. But we all pulling for everybody to rise up. We, we, we don't want people to stay where they are, but we accept you where you are. And we will always be a little on the end of trying to pull you closer to the things of the Lord. Not, not because we, we don't want to mean mug you, or we don't want to be ornery or hard, but we just know there's more for you. For in, I'm going to have to read it up there. Therefore, when you come together, that is three times, come together. When you come together in one place, is it not to eat? 
Is it, it is not to eat the Lord's, thank you, Susan, supper? For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. One is hungry and the other is drunk. I mean, y'all know it's going, it's not right. <laughs> in those days, they would actually eat a meal and the meal was bread and juice. You know, when we go to other countries, and uh, we, we like going to preach in an area, we bring food. And the food we bring is a loaf of bread about this long. No cellophane, not wrapped. It's just in a big basket. And when people come in, we just give them a loaf of bread and maybe a bottle of water. And a lot of people come to that service just for the loaf of bread and the bottle of water. That's why they come. And so there were people coming to the church you know, just to eat. And the rich people, of course, they brought all kinds of delicious foods. And so the church at this point was very segmented. Segmented, segmented. It was sagging. <laughs> and because the rich and the poor, everybody had their own agenda. It was like this selfish thing in there, clickish. You know, we're going we're gonna to fellowship after this service. We're going to eat lunch. And so, you know, what we don't want is, you know, everybody that likes their best friend, you all go sit together. No, we need to be inclusive. We need to take, you know, consider everybody. Don't just get in the corner with your little group. Really consider everybody. You know, about three years into the growth of this church, God really started blessing people. I'm telling you, he blessed people. People that didn't have any skills got skills. People that didn't have any money got money. People that drove whoop-de-doo cars leaked all over my parking lot. They got nice cars. And God started healing people in every area of their life, financially, in their marriages, uh, emotionally, just, just in every way. God started healing people. And we watch people begin to uh, just begin to excel and be successful. And I remember when that, the church got to that place, the people that never had money, they didn't know what to do with it. They really didn't. And their money be began to be a big part of their life and who they were. It's almost like their identity was shifting back to possessions now. And I remember we would take excursions. We'd rent, we'd get a big bus and everybody in the church would just get on the bus and we'd go somewhere. And you know, the people that were really prospering, they wanted to stay in the Hiltons. They wanted to stay in the big places and eat at the big restaurants. And I said, hey guys, everybody can't afford that. The rest of the people in the church can't afford that. They hadn't received the word like you received by faith and they hadn't grown there yet. You, you can't do that to people. Y'all talk, y'all know what I'm talking about. And so if I wouldn't have like stepped in and said, no, we're going to all take the low road. We're going to stay at the red, the red, <laughs> the red no carpet in. <laughs> you understand, nobody would have been able to go, only the rich. And so that's what's going on here. People are segmented, and Paul's having to deal with this. Do you not have houses to eat and to drink in? 
Or do you not despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. <laughs> this is powerful right here. Y'all listen to this. This is where it all came from, this next verse, and what I really want to share this morning. Paul said, For I have received from the Lord that which I deliver to you. Another translation says, I receive from the Lord himself. I read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the Last Supper is in all of those Gospels. I just see the video running that Matthew took, Luke took, John took, and, and it's, it's all pretty much the same thing. But you know what? Paul didn't have the Bible. Paul didn't have the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, the book of Luke, or the book of John. He said, listen to this, for I receive from the Lord that which I deliver to you. He got caught up in the spirit, just, just somewhat like I did, and he saw the Last Supper. He saw how Jesus had the bread and the wine and how he sat before his disciples. And he showed them and he tried to explain them what was about to happen and how important this Last Supper really was. I believe Paul was caught up. He said that. The Lord himself showed it to him. He didn't read a book. He didn't get a tape. He didn't see it on Facebook. The Lord showed him the Last Supper and how it's supposed to be done. And he's going to instruct us now in righteousness and how to do that. Isn't that powerful? You know, I look at people in this church. And what I see is only the surface. I know you're cute and you're good looking. <laughs> but that's not all of you. Who you really are is below the surface. It's beyond what I see. And I'm telling you, the scriptures are the same way. Sometimes you can read the scriptures and you only see the surface part of it. But if you start digging down to the foundation and really what the scriptures are really trying to say, you get a revelation. Things are unveiled. Things are uncovered. And then you see something you never saw before. I believe when Paul got caught up into heaven, it could have been why he saw all of this. Are y'all getting this? This was revealed to him. I really believe with all of my heart, Paul understood the Last Supper more than the disciples understood the Last Supper that night. They didn't know what was coming. They didn't get it all. What Jesus was doing was a shadow and a type of the reality of the cross. Y'all with me? Now that Paul is talking to us, we have communion can be a shadow and it can be a type. And that's how it was with me sometimes. Just symbolic. Just something we have to do. It was a type and a shadow. It wasn't, I didn't see the reality of it. 
I didn't really see the significance of it. But now that I look back at the cross, and now that I'm beginning to see what Paul saw, communion is going to be very, very significant today. Get ready. I feel the presence of God. For I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver. You know, you can't give away what you don't have. Paul had something. He wants to deliver it to you. That the Lord Jesus on the same night Paul, by the Spirit, is speaking to us. And he wants to connect our now with that night of Jesus at the Last Supper. I'm going to say it again. Paul wants to connect our now, right now, with the night of the disciples at the Last Supper. Wow. <laughs> Paul's connecting the dots, man. I'm thinking, where is this going? That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Now this bread that he's holding, the significant part of it is he is the bread of heaven. In, in, the, in the Gospels, wherever Jesus, when he was doing the Last Supper, he broke and blessed the bread, and he gave thanks for the new covenant wine. So right here we, say, we see, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. The bread was broken for our brokenness. His body was broken for our brokenness. And when I say his body was broken, his body was so disfigured that no one could tell who he was. He was the sheep that was butchered by his own creation to the point he could not even be recognized. I think I think Jesus was broke right that we don't have to stay broken. I think he took it to the limit of being broken, smitten by God. He bore our sickness. He bore our grief. He bore our sorrow. He bore our shame. He bore everything on the cross. He broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this. He said, take, eat. This is my body. You almost have to go there with me. Where's the bread? We got bread? I was going to get a slice of bread so I could make this. Ah, uh, oh, 
I was going to take a piece of bread. And he said, this is my body that's going to be broken. Now listen to this. For you. This is my body. It's going to be broken for you. I mean, can you imagine? Those disciples didn't get it. Paul got it by revelation. This is my body. I'm giving it all. It's going to be broken for you. It's so personal. And I mean, you know, we take this and we just, we break it. And it's, you know, in itself is nothing. But, what, but the one that made everything, and without him nothing was made, he showed himself as a cheap piece of bread. And it would be broken just for you and I. I'm forever thankful. And he said, do this. You know, as men, don't tell us something we can't do. <laughs> right? Somebody said, let's climb that mountain. I look around and said, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, swim a bayou, swim the river. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, don't want, I want to do it for Jesus because he did it for me. Do this in remembrance of me. You know, in my life, I can reflect back to very important times when I got married. I can just look back at that time. I remember we had done our vows and we were having the reception. I remember Leslie walked up to me and he shook my hand and he said, you married a great girl. That is a fine woman. I remember you saying that. I remember when I was in that Rodney Howard Brown meeting and he stuck his finger out, almost touched me, and he said, now is the time. I can go right back to that point. I remember that. I cherish that time. I was a member of that part of life. I, I was part of it, and I can remember back to it. And there's so many things in my life that I can just go back to I remember the day I got saved. I can go back there. But I can visually see Jesus' body being broken on that cross 2,000 years ago. I have my own mental picture of Jesus on that cross. His hands wide and his love deep for me and his eyes just totally fixed on me. I'm sorry, but you're not in the picture. It was all for me.
remember the day. I remember the day. It's the day my life changed. And to see him go that far and forgive me of all my sin and my wrongdoing, how could I ever hold something against somebody else? How could I ever be a judge to somebody else when he could have rightly judged me, but he extended mercy to me and grace to me and saved me? I'm telling you this morning, the genuine love of Jesus is going to touch you and change you. Take it, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. He's holding a cup. And he's saying, this is my blood. And I'm sure he poured some in the other cups, however that went. And he's, he's, he's showing a visual. My blood in my body will be poured out just like this. And then he says it again. For you, and 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 you. And he said again, this do, and as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. You will never backslide having a revelation about these few scriptures. I understand why denominations do it all the time. I, I really do. I understand why they do it. And I'm telling you, us doing communion won't save you. Jesus dying on the cross will save you. <laughs> but understanding communion will save you. That could be an unbeliever in here. You never believed anything in the gospel. You don't believe Jonah got swallowed by a fish. You don't believe in the Red Sea being split. You don't believe there was a Samson that could grab the gates of a city and haul them off. You don't believe any of that stuff. But you could hear this gospel in these few verses right now about the Christ that came and lived your life. And he loved you and he spilled his blood and his body was broken for you. You can get saved understanding this. Never made an altar call before. Never made a confession before. But if you can get the picture of this and an understanding of this, you'll get saved. And if you are saved, you could get refreshed. You could bring back to your remembrance the grace and the mercy that your God had on you when you were in a wretched place and couldn't get out of it. And the extent he went to reach us and to rescue us. 
You can get refreshed again and on fire for God again. You were lost. Now you're fine. You were blind, but now you see. And then it, it goes on to say that this is a proclamation. When we take that bread, when we drink that juice, it's a proclamation that Jesus is coming back. Man, if you know Jesus is coming back, you're not going to fool around. It's like an urgency. It's like things are important. Your purpose needs to be done. Your destiny needs to be fulfilled when you know Jesus is coming back. You're waiting on him. This is, brings to our remembrance. The King of kings, the Lord of lords is coming back. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled in any kind of way. You believe in God, believe in me also. For in my Father's house are many mansions. And he said he's coming back for us. And if he wasn't coming back for us, he said, I would tell you I'm not coming back for you. But I'm going to make a place. And I'm coming back again. <laughs> that you can be where I am. Isn't that so cool? <laughs> and where I am, you know where I am. And he basically said, you know the way to where I am. I'm telling you, I don't think we have tapped into our salvation yet. This right here will get oppression off of you. This right here will get loneliness off of you. I mean, you could be broke as an ant, and this, this will fire you up to know how far the Lord went for you, that you've been broken from the, the curse of the law. You are set free from what Adam and Eve did, you and I. You understand, we, we are released from all of this, this junk that happened through the generation that was piled on top of us. That generational curse, that's gone by the blood of the Jesus. Blood of the Jesus. Blood of Jesus. So when Jesus spilled his blood, he actually was ratifying and establishing the covenant. And he really signed off on it in his blood that you're mine and I'll take care of you and I'll provide for you and I'll protect you and I will begin to let you see your purpose that I have for you on earth. My God, this is good. Can we go on? Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of our Lord. What does that mean? It doesn't mean as a born-again believer that you're unworthy. It means the action of doing it can be unworthy. And so this is the unworthiness that this scripture is talking about. If you don't understand what it's about, it ain't going to help you and you stay in the state of judgment, and you stay under the curse of the law, and you can't escape. Or as a Christian, you could be under condemnation. And I'm telling you, there's churches that will weaponize this scripture and not allow you to have communion. 
Anybody can have communion. Your dog, your cat, your aunt, your auntie, anybody can have communion. But it's not going to help everybody if you don't understand it. Well, you're going to say, well, a plague's going to come on you if you take communion and don't do it right. You already got the plague on you. You understand? If you don't understand it, you already got the plague on you. It's just you're not going to benefit from it. Who wants to benefit from everything that Jesus spilled? And so that's our heart is to benefit, to tap into everything that the cross provided. Is this okay? That's how you got saved, Lacey. Don't forget that. We, we start thinking we did something. We start saying, look at us. Look what I've achieved. Look at my ministry. Look, look how many people I got saved. Look how I preach. Look how I teach. Look what I do. Don't, don't forget where you come from. <laughs> it had all to do with his body and his blood. Broken, spilled for you and I. I'm, I'm telling you. That, that keep you humble right there. Keep you hungry, humble and hungry. That's two traits right there. We, lift up your hands right now. That's two traits we need as a church. That's how this church started. Ain't nobody knew nothing. I knew very little myself. But we were humble and we were hungry. <laughs> and we said, God, we believe what Jesus did for us. We accept and receive what Jesus did for us. Now empower us. Enlighten us. Impact us, impart to us the power of the resurrection of your dear son, Jesus Christ. That's what began to happen. The power of the resurrection started coming. That's how this church started. And that's how this church will end until Jesus comes back. It's going to be the impartation of the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It won't be no fog machine. It won't necessarily be a guitar. It won't necessarily be a, a fine cushion sheet or some kind of light system or video or technology. It will all come from the power of the resurrection of Jesus the Christ. My God. <laughs> I think I'm going to have a, this is a happy meal. <laughs> Woo, it'll get sadness off of you. <laughs> Woo, now this is very important. Verse 28. One thing at my home when I was growing up, you didn't come to the table with dirty hands, a filthy mouth, or a bad attitude. You'd just be sent away. So we're coming to the, lady, the table of the Lord. So you don't come with a filthy heart and filthy hands. There's a cleansing that happens. And sometimes it's born-again believers. We, we just need another washing <laughs> of water by the word of the living God. But let each man individually, personally, look at himself, examine himself, re-examine himself, evaluate his own heart. 
Let each man, each woman, examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. There's two bodies you have to discern and think about. First, I just talked about it, is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. His body was broken for you. He was the bread of life that came from heaven. But you also have to discern the body. The physical body on, of Christ on earth today. Ah. <laughs> so we have to see each other right. We have to forgive. We have to come together right now over him. <laughs> we have to come together. We, we have to do some soul searching. We, we have to, you know, have our own hearts tested. The Bible talks about that. Lord, search my heart. Test my thoughts. If there's any offensive way in me, lead me into the way of everlasting life. And so we have to become accountable to the spirit of the living God. And I'm telling you, this mind runs so fast. Who wants a clean church? Who wants a, who, I mean, who wants to come to a church that, you know what I mean? It's just slippery clean, squeaky clean. Well, each one of us have to make an account. We can't keep pointing, you know, fix, wow, oh, fix that person. No, 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 no. So we have to discern the body. Is your heart right with people in the church? Maybe people sitting with you. You know, I know people that come to church. I'm a pastor that they, they feel like they're overlooked. They feel like they don't fit. And, and all that here is all a bunch of nonsense. You're thinking wrong. Uh, if something bad happened to you here, it wasn't purposeful. We want to help. We don't want to hinder. We don't want to hurt people. We don't want to hold people back. This will make us strong if we see the cross correctly and we don't get crossed up with one another. It will make us strong. Listen, if people started killing Christians, just started arresting Christians. You're going to like your worst enemy in this church then. <laughs> that's, the, that's one of the people you would want to be praying for you because the world don't know how to pray for you. The world don't know the Christ. You, you don't realize how valuable the person next to you really is in the kingdom of God. And maybe even this church, so valuable in the extension and the advancement and this church moving on with the church at large in the country, in the world. Everybody's significant. Everybody's important here. I'm telling you. For this reason, there's, there's, and listen, for this reason, many are weak 
I've been covering territory that you don't have to be weak. Many are sick and many sleep. When I read that word sleep, the Lord just showed me the people that sleep can't see. They can't function. I'm thinking in the spiritual realm. The, the reason you're not seeing by faith, walking by faith, because these things have to be taken care of. And heaven's already taken care of it. We have to receive it and say, thank you, Lord. Or maybe repent that our sins could be blotted out and we could be converted. And then the times of the refreshing from the presence of the Lord will just totally overshadow us. Come on, somebody. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. People stop growing. It's not natural to not grow spiritually. It's not natural. It's not natural as a Christian to not see spiritually and hear spiritually. It's just not natural. We should be functioning in the Spirit of God. Is there one more verse? If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. You know what that means? That if you just be honest with the Lord, let the Spirit of God point at what He needs to point at. Let Him fix you. Let Him repair you. Let Him restore you. Let Him convict you. Let Him judge you that you could be chastened. Then when you're right with God and you know it, it doesn't matter who's pointing fingers at you. It really doesn't matter who says what. You know, I, the Lord gave me this scripture last week, and it was about going, or really with people, like going in a household or being in a relationship. If you're in this relationship and, uh, or with this group of people and they accept your peace, your peace rests on them, then you just stay. That's a good friendship. But if it doesn't, you let your peace return back to you and just move on. But most people leave their peace with those that didn't accept them or didn't look at them right or those that didn't receive them. And so now you left your peace somewhere and you don't have any. <laughs> and really that peace is the anointing. So you lose the power of God in your life and you get discouraged and you pull away and you drift away. Come on, somebody. I said it last week. The whole first chapter of Hebrews is all about the majesty of Jesus Christ and what he's done from the beginning and who he is and how powerful he is. And in chapter 2, the first commandment to every believer is to listen. It's to listen. I hope you're listening this morning. If you're listening with your spiritual ears, your life will be impacted, improved, and changed in the name of Jesus. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord. Anybody ever get spanked when they were teenagers? Teenagers. Yeah, you, know, you don't spank a teenager. I did. It's just a little more to hold down, but I, I got it down. 
a little harder to pull the pants down, but I did. <laughs> a little more screaming and hollering, but I, I got it. I, I knew where the back end was, and I put the blessed assurance on it. <laughs> but you understand, if we allow the Lord to chasten us, we become legitimate sons and daughters of the Lord because we make him father and we accept his spanking. We accept his chastening. That honors him. Y'all know Danielle and Jeremy. Well, little Samuel, he just walks around like this all the time. Just constantly. I mean, it's just his way of life. It's just... <laughs> I'm telling you, wherever he goes, he's just like this. <laughs> he knows if he messes up, his parents love him so much, they're going to chasten him. And uh, Danielle would say, Samuel! And he goes, oh, no, Mom, I promise. He don't even know what he's promising not to do. He just knows he messed up. <laughs> and sometimes Samuel would just be rebellious. Y'all know what rebellion is? We've all been in it. It's ugly. It's ugly. We don't see it ugly because ugly is all over us. But people we're dealing with, superiors, authority, it's just ugly. It's so disrespectful. So little Samuel will mess up big. He knows it. And he'll keep pushing his mama. And his mama will finally say, I own this place. I pay the rent. This is my furniture. I pay the electrical bill. I'm bigger than you. I'm smarter than you. I've lived longer than you. And I'm going to win. And you won't. You might as well give up right now. And you know, God looks at us the same way. <laughs> I mean, just give up. Let, let God have his way. He might want to prune you today. He may want to chasten you, correct you in an area of your life. Just allow him to do it. You'll be better off. There it is again. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait. Could we pass out the elements, please? Listen, the same power that hit about 20 minutes ago, that same power is here. That same resurrection power that hit people. Matter of fact, your flesh, your body manifested. That power is still here. <clears throat> Y'all, uh, Can y'all go like getting up a little faster pace? <laughs> Can you put that last scripture up? <clears throat> the one before that? Okay, you see, when you come together to eat, just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Listen, you can, you can sit down. It's okay. It's not where your back end is. 
It's not if you upright or sitting down, laying down. It's where's your heart. It's all about your heart. But right here, the Bible says when you come together to eat or to receive the elements or communion, just wait. Why wait? Because you need to consider everything I said. And so this is just how I'm going to do it this morning. I'd like to kind of do it Benny Hinn style. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know what I'm talking about. But this is what we're going to do. We're just going to wait. They're going to sing hallelujah three times, three circles. When they sing it the first time, they're going to go up, modulate. When they sing it the third time, they're going to go up again. And I just want it soft. I don't want anybody screaming or hollering. And while they sing, we're just going to wait. And open yourself. Y'all listen up. Don't everybody, y'all sit down. Go ahead, sit down now. Everybody sit down. This is just between you and the Lord. In the few minutes that we're going to have together, just wait. And just offer your heart up to Him. And let the Lord speak to you. Examine yourself. Take a good look at yourself. Don't put your eyes on anybody else. Take a good look at yourself. What's not right, put it under the blood. If it's sin, repent of it. If it's a shortcoming, just come on, come to the Lord. All right, let's do it. just talk to you. for you. Yeah. 
present your heart to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. says that man will not live by natural bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. Lord, this bread is not you, but it represents everything you did for us as the body of Christ. You lived and rejected by everyone you loved. You were accused as a criminal and you were arrested and beat. Your back was plowed. They hung you on a tree and they put nails in your feet and nails in your hands and a crown of thorns on your head. They ridiculed you and mocked you. And they said, if you're the son of God, come down, save yourself. But the Bible says you didn't open your mouth. You were like a lamb led to slaughter. You kept your mouth shut that you could die for me, Lord. They they, you laid your life down and you gave up your spirit and you died and they buried you in a rich man's tomb and people grieved and people left you and ran scared in fear. But on the third day, Lord, this is my proclamation to you. This, what, this is what this represents. You got up out of the grave. You buried my sin and my wrongdoings. You took it upon your own body. And when you got up, you got up in a resurrection power. And my sins were left in the grave. And I receive and proclaim today that I got up with you, Lord. And I'm living in the newness of life. That's how I see your body. And you are now in a glorified body. And you are now seated at the right hand of the throne. 
with all majesty and splendor and glory and you satisfied the Father and you did all of this for my sake, Lord, that I could be made whole. You were broken that I don't have to stay broken. And I believe that with all of my heart. And I partake of that bread. You said if, if we are going to abide in you, we must eat your flesh. Come on, eat of the Lord right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the power of your resurrection being released right now. In the name of Jesus, that your brokenness leaves. Whatever's fragmented in your life, God, may the God of peace himself fully and completely make you whole in your spirit, your mind, will, and emotions, and in your physical body. Not only can my God do it, he's willing to do it right now if you receive that healing and wholeness right now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, this is only juice, but it represents the pouring of your blood, pouring out your blood on this earth for all of humanity. I believe this with all of my heart. I believe that your blood was poured out purposely it wasn't spilled. It wasn't an accident. It was the purpose of the Father and the Holy Spirit. And you took your place and you poured out your blood for me. And I drink of that right now by faith. I mingle my faith with your blood. I mingle my faith with the bread that was broken for my life. And I thank you, Lord. By faith, I thank you for the results of healing, forgiveness, in the name of Jesus. If you're here today and you never confess Jesus is Lord, you just express a confession. If you believe, well, I, what I illustrated here this morning. I'm going to leave you with this. Anybody ever hear of the Welsh Revival? 20 years. It changed the landscape of a large part of Europe and also hit America. Great revivalists came out of that, those events. And I'm going to tell you how it started. It was narrowed down to one occasion in a small church with maybe 10 or 12 people. Y'all listen up. Because this is the next step. Thank God we're saved. Thank God he's healing us. But there was one 19-year-old lady. Her name was Flory Evans. And she kept talking to, uh, was it Robin Evans? Or Robin? Great revivalist. He talked to her, but she wasn't saved. <clears throat> and finally, he led her into a prayer of salvation, and she got saved. She really got saved, born again. And she was in a small service one, one night, 
And this is what happened. This is what started a 20-year revival that touched the whole world. One 19-year-old girl. And this is what she said in that service. She said, Lord, I give you all of my heart. And when she did that, the power of God hit the place. Everybody hit their knees and started crying because one person decided to give the Lord all of their heart with no play, no reservations, no holding back in any kind of way. And when she did that, the atmosphere changed. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit started to slam people in that small church. And then when people left that service, they touched every, every, the anointing was touching everybody. It became like a plague. Wherever those people, whoever they rubbed, whoever they talked to, all of a sudden that anointing was starting to just spread and spread and spread and spread. Is there anybody here that's willing just to sell out? Is there anybody willing this morning to just stand up all by yourself publicly, not ashamed, and just say, Lord, I give you all of my heart, and I give you all of my life. Is there anybody? Is there anybody? God's looking for you. Is there anybody? Don't just stand up to stand up to be seen. The Lord sees your heart. He's looking at your heart. He's not looking at how smart you are. He's not looking how nice you look. He's not looking at how you dressed. He's looking at your heart. Are you ready? Go to the next level to change and to be transformed. And most of all, to cup your ear, to begin to hear the voice of the Lord for your life. It matters that you hear the Lord. It matters that your children, your children need you to hear from the Lord. Your friends need you to hear from the Lord. Your spouse needs you to hear from the Lord. It's vital that you hear from the Lord and listen to the Lord. You don't hear His voice on a common occurrence. You won't stay in love with Him. You'll leave Him. If you don't stay in love with Him, you're not going to be transformed. If you don't listen to Him, you're not going to change. If you don't change, you will never, ever be able to receive the inheritance that He has for you and the call on your life and the place that He wants you to be. It will be impossible to end up in the right place in the destiny and the purposes of God. You have to listen to the Lord and love to listen to the Lord and practice listening to the Lord. You have to, to stay in love with Him, to stay on fire, to stay full. Fire! 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 fire. The fire of God! Fire of God! The fire of God! The fire of God! The fire of God! The fire is time! It's time! It's time! This is the day! 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 This is it! This is it! This is it! It's now! 
It's now. It's time to serve the Lord with everything that you are. It's time to run the race that's set before you. It's time. 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 Love of God. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to show. It's time. It's time. It's time to get out of doubt. It's time. It's time to get out of fear. It's time to get out of a judgmental attitude. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. If you, if you, if you, if you, if I couldn't get to you, you might need to get to me. Run up here right now. If I couldn't get to you, you might need to get closer to me right now. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. It ain't about the pastor. It's not about me. It's what God wants to do in your life. It's what God wants to do in and through you. I'm telling you, this is just the beginning of a wave of revival. This is just the beginning of what God wants to do. This is just a touch of what's to come. This is just a taste of what's about to happen. Cheke Mahadruto. Mande Masayalaba. Fire! 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 We need you! We need you! We need you! God needs you! God needs you! God needs you! God wants you! God will have you in the name of Jesus! Fire! 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 Come on, let the Lord touch you! Hey! Just let the Lord touch you! Let the Lord touch you! Let the Lord touch you! You need to change, not only for you, but for some people around you. You can't stay the same. You need to change for your family. You need to change for your best friends. Change. Change. You need to preach. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Woo! Change. Change. Change.
Lift your hands, close your eyes, let the Lord touch you. I thank you, Lord. The Lord says he's seen what you've been through. He's seen what you've been up against. And, and the Lord is saying, I will always be faithful to you. And he's saying, keep your eyes on me. Trust me with all of your heart. Don't lean on your past experience. Let every traumatic event go. Let all of your past go in the name of Jesus. The Lord is saying, I have a future for you. And it's full of hope. And it's full of peace. And it's full of joy. And it's full of success. Let everything behind you go. Let everyone behind you go. And there's the anointing to do that. He's not going to ask you to do something without giving you the power and the will and determination to do it. So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you what you started in this young lady. You will continue in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you. We love you. You can run, but you can't hide. You've been in a cave like Elijah. You might be waiting for the earthquake. You might be waiting for the fire. You might be waiting for the wind or some powerful event of the Spirit of God. But the way the Lord's going to talk to you is the way He's always talked to you. And it's a, it's a sweet, silent voice. It's a whisper in your spirit. That's how He talks. So open up your heart. Open up your heart. Let go of your plan. Let go of your agenda. Let go of your strategy. Because the Lord wants to speak to you. He has a whole new world for you to experience discover. He has a whole new plan that you hadn't touched yet. And the, the best is yet to come. Let everything in the behind you go. Let your past go. Let all the events go. Let all the people go. In Jesus' name. In Hallelujah. Man, you ended up in the right place. 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 God knows how to corner you. God knows how to get what he loves. God knows how to get the one he loves. God, God will chase you. He'll chase you until he has you. Don't run any longer. Just stop. Look. And let the Lord's love grab you. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Come on, just tell him, take me. And take me to that place, Lord. To that secret place where I can't be with you. Something's right around the bend. There's a wave of glory coming. 
There's a wave of glory coming. There's a wave of glory coming. There's a wave of glory coming. There's a wave of glory coming. Shout out by Sajata. Take me you want to be like Jesus? Huh? Get used to Jesus. Yeah. 